The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Hi, fellow creatives and listeners. I'm so grateful for uh, your choosing to continue to listen to the podcast and to share it with um, your colleagues and and friends. Um, It's been our first year and uh, we're almost, um, we're almost to a full year in January, mid-January. It's going to be uh, officially a full year and to um, kind of celebrate that and, um, you know, as we head into our second year of podcasting, I have an extremely, extremely special guest um, that I had the absolute delight and pleasure of interviewing and that episode is going to be airing on January 11th and that will wrap up our full year of podcasting, our full first year of podcasting. And um, so I I hope you'll be um, listening. I'm not going to say who it is, but a very, very special um, person and uh, mentor and um, leader in the field of art therapy. And I'm so fortunate to be able to have uh, a really great conversation with her and, and share about her life's work. Um, so I'll be kind of leaving some ticklers, uh, getting people excited about that episode. Um, in addition, we're going to continue in um in 2021 with the voices from the expressive therapies summit special series. So we're going to restart that in 2021. It will be a new series of different uh, therapists from around the country and the world. And uh, we'll be talking about their work and uh, what it is that they do and and the different things that they like to teach other people how to do in their practices. So I'm super excited about that as well. And as we round out the rest of 2020 and launch into 2021, that second week of January is going to be the official start for the Creative Arts Therapy Practice Builder Mastermind. So if anybody is interested in joining or wants to learn more, I have um, I have set up in Calendly an ability to schedule a 20-minute uh, Zoom meeting with me where we can talk it over, see if it's a good fit. Um, I'm asking people join for six months. Um, So it's a six month commitment. We'll meet three hours per month in a small group. We'll have one teaching workshop uh, one week, and then the other two weeks will be hot seat style um, uh, sessions where you get to present a challenge that you're working on and get feedback and support around that. And then there will be ongoing support in between um, our meetings. And if you sign up before the end of the year, it's $90 a month, which rounds out to about $30 a week, which I feel like is very uh, reasonable for anybody just starting out. And um, if you wait and join in 2021, the rate goes up a little bit to 120 a month, um, though it's still very reasonable. So if you're interested in that, head on over to creativeclinicianscorner.com forward slash mastermind dash group. And I hope to hear from you soon. And without further ado, let's start this next episode. 
Thanks for listening to the Creative Psychotherapist Podcast. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi, and I'm delighted to have my next guest, Lisa Richardson. She is the owner of Spirited Away Art Therapy in Venice, Florida. She's a licensed mental health counselor here in Florida, a licensed professional counselor in Connecticut, a clinically certified trauma professional. She has her master's in art therapy, and she's the co-chair for arts and health or Arts for Health, Sarasota, Manatee County. And she is an artist, a writer, an actress. She's creatively curious and a first-time dog mom. How long have you had your practice and what kind of, um, what made you decide to open your practice? I have control issues. I think it started, well, when I was, when I was going through the um, master's program in Connecticut at um, Albertus Magnus, I was also working at an outpatient mental health facility as a case manager. And once I was licensed, I was able to do some intake work there, but I decided I didn't really want to work in in an agency setting i really wanted to work for myself because i had done that for a little while as a graphic designer or i would do contract work so um i like the flexibility of not having to be somewhere um eight to four unless i wanted to yeah so so i really appreciated the idea of working on my own and it was a bit of a a process, not too long. I think it took me a couple of years once I moved down here because mm-hmm. I was already licensed and I was short nine supervision hours and one course. They use human sexuality down here when they don't in Connecticut. So I think it took me um, two years after I moved down here to become licensed. Mm-hmm. And then as, once I did that, then uh, I went ahead and got the LLC. My husband suggested, just go get your LLC. And he knows business more than I do and marketing more than I do. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so you had a little <laughs> guidance and support. Right, right. And it, it's one of those things you don't know better. So you just rely on other people to guide you. And I'm like, well, I'm game for it. I'm, I'm often game to see, well, what's going to happen? That sounds pretty interesting. Let's see what happens if I fail. Oh, well, at least I tried. And it's just kept going from there. I love that mindset. I feel like that's so important as like taking that risk to go out on our own. And then once we're there, it's like, oh, well, I took that risk and that worked. And that was great. I like that. Let's do more of that. Or, oh, that didn't work so well. Oh, let me pivot and do something a little differently. Right. But it's all information. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? And being afraid of it and letting it keep me stuck in one place, I won't grow and I won't have any of these great opportunities and I won't meet all sorts of amazing people and I'll just be stuck in a little cubby and that's really boring. Oh my gosh, it really is boring. (laughs) And so one thing I know about you and your practice is that it, you are a solo practitioner, but over the years, you have done a lot of collaborative, um, uh, collaborative, I would say, like programming uh, in your community, it, like through your practice. Right. Contracts. Contracts. Yeah. I've done um quite a few contracts. I, I accept insurance. So going through that process of figuring out, well, how am I going to do this business thing? I had um, a former colleague who'd since passed tell me to jump on this insurance. Uh, it was a uh, simpatico at the time. It's now sunshine. He's like, dump, jump on that insurance. That'll be great. You'll get clients coming in that way. So that was my foray into insurances and I just kept going from there and I added another one and my interest was always 
wanting to work with people who might not be able to afford therapy. So I actually take more Medicaid and then I started mixing it, mixing it up, taking um, Medicaid private pay. I added another insurance since lockdown, um, United Health. Oh, okay. Um, prior to that for, let me see, 20, I think it was 2017 I started. I had a contract with um, Sarasota County Judicial Department for their um, outreach program, their um, jail diversion program. So their mental health court program. But in September, that was all transferred to another agency. So all of the freelance therapists that worked with them, mm-hmm. we were um, let go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, That's all right. One door closes, another one opens up. Yeah. So how did you find out about that opportunity that that they hired um, like independent contractor, mental health providers in the community to, to do that. I got an email. I have no idea how this came to me. I got an email about it and I, I guess they would, um, I don't know, maybe they would communicate with the Florida Department of Health to see who the therapists are in the area and just send out mass emailings. That's my guess because uh, wow. I had spoken to a former supervisor when I was interning in Florida. And she's like, oh yeah, I've seen those. We get those all the time. Like, go ahead, try it. So I did. Wow, and what was the application process like to um, get that kind of contract for folks that might be interested in their area if that becomes an opportunity? Gosh, well, it wasn't very difficult. They send you the email and then they tell you all of the steps that you need to complete. You go in for an interview um, and then you just have to get them your, your W-9 and, you know, whatever else. But they're, they're telling you. So it's not like I had to do anything extra or search anything extra to figure out what they needed. They told me exactly what they needed. I filled in the paperwork and then I went up for the interview. Mm-hmm. And when you're working on that kind of contract with the uh, Justice Department, how does that change or did that change how you managed your documentation, confidentiality, and things of that nature with the clients that were referred to you through that program? I didn't have them fill out everything that I normally would. So definitely the consent for treatment. Um, The courts already had their consent. So it's not like I needed it, but for my documentation, I needed it. Um, Notes wise, I didn't bother put it through the EHR because people would be coming and going so fast and it was a slightly different animal. So, and they, required notes being kept on their um, electronic system. Oh, so okay. instead of doing the that double duty of putting everything into the EHR, which would increase the numbers and um, it, it, I just, I didn't want to do that since you're paying the EHR for the amount of clients you have in. Mm-hmm. So I decided I don't need to do that with them. So I'm just going to treat that as a whole different animal. I'll do um, the Word document notes, keep them in a folder in my HIPAA secure Google suite and upload them onto their, their server. Mm-hmm. So as part of that requirement, you, you had to, it, it was an automatic consent for the courts to get your paperwork as part of that yes my understanding correctly yeah okay mm-hmm. so that's that's it's just a different model right because when we think about providing services we're thinking about okay it's going to be confidential nobody's going to be sharing it but when it comes to the judicial system it's a whole different animal and so yes if people yep. people wanted to do that they need to know that there's not going to be any confidentiality in that regard that they have access Right, they have access to the notes. The confidentiality can come into play on exactly what you put in the note. Mm-hmm. 
so that at least they do have some freedom to talk to you the way they need to talk to you. But then you know that you're putting in the note anything that is significant to their case, to why they're in this program anyway. So, like I said, that one ended in September. And then um, I decided, I, I decided, well, let me try BetterHelp. Oh, so you've been doing BetterHelp? Yeah, I started doing that. It, it, um, I forgot, I was looking at something else, some other uh, information tool. I think it was either like psychology tools or, or one, of, one of those things. And I saw a little blurb about it. So I figured, well, why not? Let's see what this is about. And um, I, I hear, you know, people are two sides of the fence about it. Some think it's really good. Some think that it's it sucks and it's not ethical. Um, I guess it's it's all on how you handle yourself through the process as well. Mm -hmm. There are always going to be some sort of limitations, but I still like the idea that there might be people who are not ready to go to a therapist and this might be their first foray into even attempting to have therapy mm -hmm. or maybe they don't have insurance or maybe um there's just whatever mitigating circumstances that's pre preventing them from seeking help and this was a chance that they would be willing to take mm -hmm. So I like being there for that. But if that, if I feel that I can't help them, mm -hmm. then from the, the initial information that we get, identifying who the person is, I'll see if I don't feel I can help them, then I'm not going to take them. While I'm working with them, I'll also make suggestions on what they can do on their own outside of this. If they, it seems that they probably need more help than they, then, um, then I would want to guide them that you might need to seek another therapist in, in person if it seems like you're going to need that degree of help. Right. So how, for those of us, including myself, uh, that have not, um, been involved, I feel like I've been getting phone calls, emails, and like, marketing uh, mailers to become part of BetterHelp, but I, um, I, I have not, I don't have time. I feel like I'm so busy, but yeah, if but, you don't have time, don't waste your time even worrying about it. But, but for like, I, what I really try to say is, and I'm stumbling over my words right now is, uh, how does it work? Because the way I've seen on the commercials, it seems like it's a very, different um a di it's a totally different animal like it has to do with how much you write or or um, yes yeah or that's how they figure the paying so yeah the paying sucks you're definitely not going to get what you're worth if you were to charge the client directly um that's just less of my concern but you can also control how many people that you take on as clients if you just wanted to check it out and see what it was like. So they, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the process that I went through because you, you have stuff to fill out. They need to see what license you have. Um, they do a, a phone interview with you. I, I think that's more to see how you are on the technology and um, they, they have you write um, a response email as if you were dealing with a client to see how you respond in your writing to a client, to a potential client. Um, I know people have an issue with it. It's, they don't make it so that you can discharge someone. So that's not up to you. It's more that if the client can't or does not want to pay for the service anymore, then they will, they can stop. They can switch therapists if they don't want to work with you any longer. Um, even if they 
stop communicating with you for a bit because there's something going on, um, then they're put over into your, I don't know, like your sleeper folder. If they come back, then they start up with you again. I haven't had that yet. I have had some people um, discontinue service or switch to another therapist. You don't know why, but you can't take it personally. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny. One of them that did switch on me when I first read the, their um, bio, I'm like, I don't think I should work with this person. I don't, it didn't feel right, but I did it anyway. Uh, Well, I guess, you know, your intuition, (laughs) your intuition hit on something and that's a lesson. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. So, um, I get how it can be a problem for people because it, it's, it is such a different beast and the, you know, the documentation is, is kind of loosey goosey. It's up to you what you are going to keep track of. It's up to you what you are required to keep track of and you do that for your benefit, for your records. They, they allow you to take notes in their space, but some people will, you know, create a Google document or a Word document and keep their own files going so they can keep track of what the clients are doing. Um, their, their consent for treatment is not the same as how we would seeing the client individually. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, um, I forget what this, this was reminding me of. It's, there's, there's such a, a distance. I'm going to say like emotional distance. There's just such a distance from it uh, between how you would normally work with your own individual client and how you're, you're getting these people coming through the platform. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like being on a, uh, maybe on a warm line or something. It, what I'm picking up on is like it. It seems like it is not as intimate of an experience as kind of the in-person therapy. You're in the room. You're or even like on the video uh, where you're um, like that level of intimacy may not be there. Am I? understanding correctly or no no no, I'm I might not be communicating it correctly um when you're when you're open to receiving clients so you're given a bunch of names and then you're reading through what it is that they want help with you know why are they coming to you what are the stressors going on in your life and then from there you're deciding does this seem like a good fit. Do I think I can help them with this problem or not? So then you can accept them or not. They do ask for a reason why you're not accepting them. Um, And then you, you get to meet the person. Some people, they don't want to meet on camera because they're really uncomfortable with, with Mm -hmm. even that much Mm -hmm. direct contact. Um, Some people might also not want to meet on camera or by voice because they have family around and they won't feel free to talk. So you have the option to, to um, live chat. Mm -hmm. Okay. But once you, you do get in with them, then now you're having that human connection. I see you, you see me, that connection is feel stronger than if it's just typing a letter back and forth or chatting instant messaging back and forth. Mm-hmm. So is that, would that be kind of the goal? Like you start to develop the relationship via the live chat and, and then as they feel more comfortable with you, you kind of graduate to um, like over the phone or, or over um, video? That, that would, that's a goal. I granted some people come in and they're ready for the video. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one person that refused and would only email back and forth. Um, and I was, I was trying to encourage her to even do a live chat or, or something where we have more connection, but she was not ready. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess this is interesting because it's so, um, 
obviously as therapists, we're trained that the therapy happens, you know, in that, in that dynamic of right. the, the room. Right. And, and so this is like really parceling it out even more than just the video um, therapy sessions. You're, we're talking about the text and, um, and the phone, which I, I mean, I, conducted therapy over the phone and still do when the technology is not working, you know? Right. Right. Um, I, which I still feel is, is great. You know, we're having a authentic conversation. Um, mm-hmm. the, when I have corresponded with people like through email or something, for example, if they've been away or something and they've written in a crisis or whatnot, um, it's, it's different. It's different. And I think it also might be different if it's happening infrequently. Mm-hmm. So if that's how you were communicating regularly, it, it still, that might seem different again. It might not seem as, um, as distance if, as if you're doing it once in a while. Gotcha. Yeah. So it starts to create its own, its own relationship through, through the words that it, it feels very connected and intimate through the written yeah. exchanges, because that's how the relationship has developed over time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, through the writing, you're, you're often able to pick up on, on things, read between the lines or pick up on the tones. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing a tone, you question it. It's like, do you mean this? It sounds like you're saying this. So then there's that, that um, slower process for to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And that ability, especially if you're a visual person, because I know sometimes yeah. it, it helps when I see the words or it helps when I, uh, it helps me to think about and process when I see something. So when I'm seeing their words, then I can go back to it instead of trying to respond to their question as right now as if they're in front of me, where I might need a little bit more time in my head to ponder what they're saying and to figure out what's the question I want to ask them. No, that's really insightful. And that because of the written communication, you have a little more time to really um, on a deeper level, process that information and formulate um, your response in uh, you know a deeper way than mm-hmm. if it was right on the spot. Um, so I didn't think about that until now. Yeah, I find that very helpful, very interesting because I, I, you know, I was thinking how so many therapists are saying they're so exhausted after spending all day on zoom calls or all day doing distance therapy and i was feeling like i was coming home more exhausted when i was meeting people in person oh that's so interesting yeah so (laughs) this is less exhausting so then i started scratching my head like wait a minute does that that must mean i'm really an introvert and people are draining (laughs) (laughs) maybe so let's talk a little bit about some of the work that you've been doing in the community outside of your practice to build relationships and um, which ultimately serves as a marketing resource uh, to know that, that you're there. Um, what else are you doing? We have talked about, uh, goodness, some of the presentations, uh, the collaboration with um, the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a big one. That started in 2017, and it just ended um, September because they changed their contract to uh, another agency in the county. Mm-hmm. So all of the outside providers were yeah. done with their work. And um, uh, getting that work was just a fluke. I'd gotten an email from them and I'm sure they, they farm it out to everybody who is part of the, the Florida Health Department mm-hmm. um, clinical list. And I had asked a colleague, you know, what do you think? 
was this legit? She's like, oh yeah, I'd received this before. Go ahead, you should try it. So I figured, well, why not? Yeah. I had a, a few insurance clients at, at that point. So I, I just wanted to add and have another experience. So pretty much anything that I've gotten into, not necessarily strategic, it was more like, this looks like an interesting experience. Let's see how it can help me grow. Let's see what doors it'll, it'll open. I, I love that perspective. Um, and it seems like it's easy at that point too, because you're not focused on, oh, I've got to have this or meet this goal or deadline or whatever. It's let's just explore and see what's available. Right. And always keeping in mind that there's either an opportunity to meet more people, or there could be money attached to it because it's a a job, it's a contract. Mm -hmm. So just uh, scoop up any opportunities that come by, the door opens, I'm gonna walk through it. Yeah, no, it's great, great advice for people that are just starting out um, that, you know, when things come your way, explore them. It doesn't mean that you have to stay committed to them forever. Exactly. Find out what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And, and I also like to um, face my fears. So when I see something and I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I'll be good enough. I don't know. I don't know. Then the other part of my mind says, yeah, just go for it and try. If you fall flat on your face, you fall flat on your face and you just get yourself up and keep going. Yeah, no, that that's really, really important. And I think, Anybody that's taking the leap into private practice, we all have to kind of face that fear because it is really scary. Like, oh my gosh, is anybody really going to (laughs) call? Right, right. Like, can I actually do the work? Can I do a good job? Or people going to think I'm just, you know, a terrible bunk? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the imposter syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm bringing my heart with it. I'm bringing love and I'm going to try to do some good work for you. (laughs) So in, in the spirit of that, um, what other ways have, like what other things have come your way that you've tried, even if it was just like a one-off, um, that kind of let people know that, that you were out there in the community doing this kind of work or, Um, maybe even if it was an experiential that you led them in, um, Mm -hmm. how else else were you connecting? Um, well, I, I had the pleasure when I first hung my shingle, I had, I was invited to uh, give a presentation at expressive arts, Florida. Um, that was a whole lot of fun. And, And Kathleen Horn was one of the first people I met in that program. And she was just such a loving angel and, and encouraging so, so I was happy and honored to be able to share what I knew. And um, I like talking about art therapy and the similarities with expressive arts, but we're, we're cousins, we're relatives, and we're approaching it from slightly different directions. But the ultimate goal is to help people using creativity, help them to expand and become, you know, uh, more understanding of themselves and more connected to themselves and to spirit through the creative process. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully put. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we, we're all kind of, we're all trying to help people. And for some people, art might be the way. For others, dance might be the way or music oh. might be the way or drawing. Writing. Writing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many ways of getting there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, there was that, and um, giving talks. If if I was asked, like through the DAR, um, oh Parkinson's Cafe, I'd forgotten about that. She, uh, Lynn Sharmick, she is one of the members of um, Arts for Health Sarasota Manatee, one of our professional members. And so she had uh, t- touched on a few of us to ask if we would do um, art experientials or whatever our specialty was at the Parkinson's Cafe. So this was a group of people that would meet once a month to um, 
the support group. So mm -hmm. some people were newly diagnosed, some people have been through it for a very long time. So this was a time for them to come together and, and find support in each other and have some sort of outside experience other than feeling trapped in their own bodies, in their own homes. At least they would be able to get out into the community with others and have different experiences. Oh, that's so, so nice. Um, I was going to her, gosh, I forget when that started, but I had my, uh, March dates where I would go to her every March and um, do some sort of art therapeutic activity with the group. Oh, that's lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't you... make it this year. Uh, because of COVID. Well, I was actually sick and I didn't want to expose anyone to it because I didn't know. And oh, then sure. by the end of the month, everything was in starting to go into lockdown. Mm. Yeah. It's been such a strange year for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe you could share a little bit about how the, the process that you went through when you initially opened, um, how you were working. Uh, um, my first place, and I, uh, the office I have now is actually in the same um, condo suite of offices, a different building, but the same area. And the first office, it's what I could afford. It was really tiny. <laughs> the table I had in there, you could barely walk around it. Mm -hmm. And even the, the supplies, I had them in tubs on the floor. It was a mess. <laughs> But I had a space and that's all that mattered. And people could come to me and, and um, I could go and, and do things out in the community. Oh, I forgot. I also did um, groups at my church. Mm. I've done, I had done a couple of groups there. One was the, um, with the labyrinth walk. So we, and when we were done with that, they came in and we did an art experiential around that process and then another was um uh they would do these wednesday night uh dinners and and teachings mm -hmm. and they allowed me to come in and do an art therapy group for i think four sessions it was fun wonderful that's yeah. a that's a great um a great thing to think about too that like there aren't really limits as to where we can go as long as we're willing to explore the opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely. I love the idea of exploring and just seeing well, what, what's next? What can I get into? Mm -hmm. Where do I want to go? And also learning how do I feel comfortable working? Unless I try it, then I don't know for sure that I don't like it or oh, I'm pretty good at that. Let me do more. Mm -hmm. So where do you, so like, I know uh, you're, you're not sure yet about whether you're going to go back into your office or how you're going to use your office. But yeah. when you think about the vision of your practice, you know, moving into like the next five years or so, have you thought oh, about I that? I hate that question. Where do you see yourself five years from? I have no idea where I see myself next week unless it's on the calendar. Um, <laughs> I love that. Before I go on to that, yeah, my humble beginnings, um, same, similar place, but we had stairs to go up. And I'm like, okay, I need to change that because some of my clients cannot do these stairs. And I moved when there was a, another young lady who was subleasing an office out of the same building and we had become friends and she was planning to look around for a bigger space. And when she found one, she was like, well, um, what do you think? You want to come? I said, sure. Why not? <laughs> so she has, um, uh, fun psych, uh, is her place, Angela. Steranka, she's a, a, a PhD, so she's really awesome, and, and uh, she does more work with children, and she's private pay, oh, and cool. um, yeah, so I moved over uh, next door to her, and, and just enjoyed flourishing within my space, and it was nice, because I, I 
started getting more clients. When I first started in the smaller space and I had maybe one or two clients, I had um, called my mom like, I don't know if this is gonna work. I only have so many, how am I gonna do this? And she's like, it'll come, don't worry, it'll come. <laughs> and then you know, almost five years later, I'm like, oh my, there's just too many, I can't take it. <laughs> Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And how lovely that your mom was so supportive and um, didn't have an anxious response. <laughs> oh my God. My, my mother is great. She is a blessing. I'm so glad that I'm down here near my parents. I'm so glad that she's in my life. I am so glad she is my mother. <laughs> she's really good with me. <laughs> Yes, that is a that is a very very supportive, encouraging response. Which I think, for a lot of people that are going to step out on their own, that's not always the case. Sometimes there's like a lot of like pushback from parents of like, "What are you going to yeah. do about retirement? What are you going to do about healthcare? What are you going to do? What are you going to do?" All right. of those kinds of questions, and you're like, "Hey, I've already got that going on up here. I don't Thanks. Need all that." <laughs> I don't need your help stressing. I got that covered. <laughs> yeah. So it's great that you have that support. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I'm sorry I jumped the gun. You hadn't finished answering the other question. And I'm already like, let's go move on to the next question. <laughs> yeah. um. Let's go. We have stuff to talk about. Let's go. Um, the, the next phase, I guess I'm in the process of working that out. As everyone talks about the pivot, how are you going to pivot? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm um, making more art. I'm still seeing clients. And I'm thinking about how I want to do this because I do feel when I, I get um, a little overextended, Mm -hmm. Not so much burnt out. I'm not there. I'm, I'll feel a little overextended. So then I have to figure out how to um, pull back and control mm -hmm. that. And then there's also that thought of, all right, I need other streams of income. I need to do something else because I can only see so many clients one-to-one. -one. That's not the best business model. Totally. Yes. <laughs> you feel I, love, me? I do. I love that you're saying that, Lisa. <laughs> yes, I do. And I don't want to get to a place where I'm like, oh gosh, I hate this. I can't do it anymore. I give up. It's over. Because I don't really want to work any place else or for anyone. Right. You know, and unless it's, I don't know, maybe an art coffee shop where I can do therapy on the side for people who come in and buy their coffee or tea and feel really stressed and they need someone to talk to. <laughs> you know? I, don't, I don't know. That sounds like a volunteer position or something. Yeah, no, no, no. We're, I'd have to think about how it would be a, a paid thing. Mm -hmm. I would have to figure, but it, whatever I'm going to do, it's going to be creative. That was the one thing I said to myself when I graduated high school. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life, but it's going to be creative. Mm -hmm. If it's not creative, I'm going to, to suffocate. Because mm -hmm. I didn't even know about art therapy until uh, I think I was in my 30s. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I found out about it after, after I turned 30. I forget at what point. I'd have to sit there and do the math. But... So I graduated with a, um, a bachelor's in graphic design. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted a master's, but I didn't know what in because I really didn't want to go and get a master's in graphic design. So it took me a number of years and a friend who held up the ad and said, there's this thing called art therapy. So I looked, <laughs> I looked into it and the, the closest school was 45 minutes away or I would have to go to another state or, or um, Massachusetts or move out of the area. And I forget where the next other closest one. So it was, oh wait, Massachusetts, Springfield or where I was in Connecticut. I said, well, 
I can drive 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm doing this program. Bad. No, not at all. I'm like, it's, it's here. And since I'm close enough to it, it's meant to be. That's what I'm going to do. Amazing. <laughs> so I went through the program and graduated. And then I got my LPC. And then once I finished that, I'm like, now I can move. <laughs> it's too cold up here. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. So are there any other things that you do that um, maybe they're not directly doing art therapy, but they are creative and, and artistic that, oh, yeah. that like, then people learn who you are. They maybe learn about what you do, but you're not there to actually do that. Absolutely. Um, one of my creative homes, they welcomed me when I moved down here was Venice theater. And um, my parents had been volunteering there for a number of years. And I just went with them one day to help volunteer because I just arrived in the town, in the state. And someone at the theater realized that my parents had a daughter who could participate in one of their shows. And they asked me, and I actually thought my mother set me up. She's like, no, no, I didn't do it. They asked me, and that was my start in um, performing at the theater. So, so you'd so, never done theater before then? Uh, just a small salsa production in 2009 before I left Connecticut. But for the most part, no, I was never in a big production where there would be dancing, talking, um, costumes, hair, makeup, just the whole big shebang. No. Wow. This, this, this was new. <laughs> Amazing. And it was a very exciting challenge because the whole time, like, yeah, I don't know if I could do this and memorize all these lines. And then from there, um, I was asked to, to audition for a role that didn't have any dancing where I could dance, uh, hang out in the background and, and do my stuff. This role, this performance was, um, I think a cast of five and a headlines. Was I scared? Yes, I was. <laughs> Terrified. Terrified. Like, I'm gonna totally embarrass myself, but I did it. <laughs> and, and you didn't fall flat on your face. No, it worked out very well. Everyone was just so nurturing and I, I felt like I was just in a constant bubble of hugs. So oh. I, I would be fine. I would be fine and I was supported. I even had to do a duet and I was really nervous about that because I am not a singer. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, the woman that I was doing it with, fabulous singer and just such a beautiful person that she made it easy for me. Ah, that's nice. And, and it was playful. So I didn't feel like I was going to make the ears of the audience bleed. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a good experience for sure. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> so obviously I, I know you've done a lot in the theater since you know, your, your start and you've been pretty involved continuously. Yeah. How is that, how has that shaped your work as a therapist? And also how does that help you, um, help you as the therapist take care of yourself? The, um, well, not only doing the performance part for myself, but since, I think since 2011, I had also been working with the Loveland Center group. So the theater had a, a collaboration with Loveland Center. It is a, um, a facility for adults with developmental disabilities. And so this is essentially a school mm -hmm. that they go to spend the day learning things, socializing, just the whole shebang that comes with um, you know, being in this wonderful, wonderful place. And I had the pleasure of being thrown in again <laughs> to um, helping the students with performing, with um, learning how to emote, uh, 
voice regulation, voice projection, um, remembering lines. We would have uh, volunteers who would shadow any students on the stage if they needed somebody there close at hand, or they would just work with them throughout the rehearsal period, which went from uh, I think we started with the rehearsal piece in December, even though we had gotten together in October mm -hmm. and we would be working together until the performance, uh, the first weekend in June. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, and it was once a week we would meet, um, was it nine to nine to 1130 or 930 to 1130, something like that. And, um, that also, it initially it took me out of my comfort zone. So I'm like, how I teach anybody anything about acting and how am I going to help these students mm -hmm. do whatever it is that they want to accomplish but they it another warm loving environment that was just full of hugs and they taught me to come out of my shell these students, anytime it was time for rehearsal or uh, auditions, because they went through an audition process, they were ready from the day one and they would just shoot to the center. And even if some were getting up to audition and they were a little nervous, their peers, their role of peers would be encouraging. You can do this. Come on, go. So That's amazing. Constant. Yeah. This constant encouragement made me feel like I can do it. I can do anything. Mm, that's amazing. I don't, I don't have to be afraid. I can do anything. I can try. And if it doesn't work out, at least I tried. Yeah. Yeah. So was that just a one time, um, like one year that that oh, no. program? No, it's every year. Every year. Oh, so that's um, awesome. We unfortunately didn't have our show this year because of COVID, because that would have mm -hmm. been the first weekend of, of um, yeah. June. So I've been working with them since 2011 to now. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So definitely pulling some of your therapeutic skills, I'm sure. Um, Absolutely. In, in, in that work, but also kind of expanding outside your comfort zone into another expressive modality um, in the theater and you're learning alongside them, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that it in the work in the theater helps you to take care of yourself? Um, I feel like self-care for therapists is so important. We talk about it, but oftentimes we don't necessarily do it, but <laughs> in yep. your case, I think, you know, you have been, and can you speak a little bit about that? Well, yes, I have been trying to make more of an effort and giving myself permission to do, um, do the fun things, do the, the things that will nurture and help me to expand creatively, help me to grow and think of other ways that I can accomplish the boring tasks instead of leaving them by the wayside. Um, <laughs> and we have plenty of boring tasks, that's yes. for sure. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Um, being okay with uncertainty, mm. being okay with the ambiguous, being okay, not knowing everything. That part is so pivotal. I think, um, it really is like realizing the more, you know, the more you don't know. Yes. Um, and like being okay with it. You don't have to know everything that you're, you know, you don't have to know everything about your profession in order to be able to do good work. Right. Right. And yeah. what you don't know, you can, once you realize you can go find out more. Mm -hmm. Learn more. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all been a, a great experience. Anything that I've had a chance to do or took a chance to do, I'm glad I did because I feel like 
I learned something from it. I learned what I was capable of doing. I learned what I enjoyed doing. I also learned what I didn't enjoy doing. <laughs> that, and that's <laughs> valuable. That is really yes, valuable, is. right? Yes. Then we can like focus more on, okay, well, what is it that um, lights me up and gets me excited and um, that I have fun doing? Because if, if, if we're in that space, it's so much easier then if we're in the space of like, I do not like this, that I, this is not for me, but I have to continue to do it. Are right. the work, the, the, the work that we do, isn't going to be as good. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, not good. Not valuable. We're, we'd be cheating ourselves and the people we're trying to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm always encouraging the people I work with. You really need to step out of your box. You really need to, it's important. Give it a try. I know I've done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think sometimes even people come, they like, they're like, oh, I want to do art therapy. And then you offer them the art and they're like, I don't know if I, Mm, I can't, I can't. And, you know, so you're battling all of the, that, those self-limiting beliefs about what a person can and can't do and um, encouraging them to like, not judge and just go for it. Um, Yes. Yeah. And it's important that we do those things to ourselves. It's valuable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else that you're doing creatively that nurtures yourself and also I think maybe contributes to, you know, the work that you do as a practice owner, but is not part of that at all. Making more of my own art and experimenting. I mean, I've done, um, since lockdown, I've done junk journals. I've, um, practiced drawing more, trying to keep a daily sketch, doodling more, um, doing more with pastels. I even bought myself a couple of new watercolors and proper watercolor brushes instead of using just whatever I have. Yeah, I'm feeling fancy. (laughs) And um, actually making art and putting it up on Redbubble just to see what happens. That's (laughs) awesome. So for December, I I know that a, a handful of relatives and I think one friend bought something so I made my first 20 bucks <laughs> that's so exciting that's so exciting so if somebody wanted to look and see like the artwork that you're um, selling on Redbubble which if you don't know what Redbubble is it's kind of like one of these places they have a bunch of different products and then you can you upload um you know, a nice quality JPEG of your artwork. And then it's um, printed on one of these products and people can buy it. And then you get a small um, commission from it, but it's nice if you want to sell things, but you don't actually have a print shop to store all of this stuff. So it prints on demand. And um, so they have like t-shirts and masks, mugs, phone cases, masks, um, duvet, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, you can get a duvet, you can get a shower curtain, you can get a wall hanging. Very cool. There, there's a variety of things. It is pretty cool. And um, so where, what's your red bubble handle or, or account? I went, I went with flutter by spirit. <laughs> flutter by spirit. Yeah. Combining the, my image logo and the name of my business. Hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. So it, it's, it's an expression of you as an artist, but um, it's also connected intimately with the work that you're doing. Yes. Yeah. As a therapist. So, wow. Thank you so much. I'm going to put that in the show notes too. So if anybody wants to check out Lisa's work, um, her beautiful artwork, uh, you can do so. I'll put it in the show notes, the red bubble link. Oh, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I also set up an Instagram account that they can um, take a look at too. Oh, what's that? That one is, uh, was it S-A-A-T? Let me just make sure I have it right. S-A-A therapy? S-A-A therapy. 
Got it. Yep. And I'll put that, I'll put that in the show notes too. Okay. Yep. So I'm expanding and constantly learning. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I, I loved some of what you had said about, you know, the risk taking and how important that is. So mm-hmm. thank you so yeah. much, Lisa. Very valuable. Mm-hmm. It was my pleasure. I always enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Me too. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this uh, conversation with our therapist, Lisa Richardson. Um, She's just such a breath of fresh air, so positive and creative. And um, I love what she had to say about just remaining curious and open and not letting fear dictate what you choose to do, but jumping, jumping right into it and seeing what happens. Um, so I also wanted to wish everyone, uh, a very happy holiday season, whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope that you're able to take time to spend with those you love and time for yourself. And yeah, so Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.